3: To the Broncos Binge Podcast, a podcast for those who bleed orange and blue. This one's for John, produced locally in Denver, Colorado. Now, no. here's your hosts, Rachel Strand and Dalton Coble.
2: Broncos country, and welcome to the Broncos Binge Podcast, the Denver Broncos podcast made by fans for fans. I am your host, Rachel Strand, and I'm also here with my co-host, Dalton Coble. Well, bye week is officially over. The Broncos went into the bye week fresh off a win in London against the Jaguars. Uh, We also took a week off the podcast because there's not much much happenings in terms of news. I mean, we had a big trade, but we'll discuss that later. So Dalton, how was your week off?
0: It was pretty good. I just studied for my exams. I had a couple of exams I had to do this week, so that was painful. But I got to watch the Raiders lose.
2: Ha! Something we all love to watch. We just all love that. So, again, not much really happened this week in terms of news. Yes, there was a huge trade, which again, we will address later in the podcast, but regarding some injuries, there wasn't many injury updates. Um, the Broncos are still one of, if not the most injured team in the league, so, you know, that's, that's super lit. Center Lloyd Cushenberry is expected to miss some time due to a groin injury, so expect Graham Glasgow to get the start at center, as he kind of played some center while he was with the Detroit Lions. Some good news, though, Baron Browning is considered day-to-day with a hip injury, it will be good to get him back, considering the Broncos now have a gaping hole at pass rusher after the trade of Bradley Chubb to the Miami Dolphins. So, we will get more into that analysis of the trade later. For now, we're gonna jump right into the reaction of the previous game, a game in which we won, and if we wouldn't have won that Dalton, it would have been our fifth consecutive loss, and I I don't know where we'd be now if it would be a loss. I mean, yes, It was a victory, but holy cow, it was an ugly-ass game. I mean, there were some moments where the Broncos had good drives, but then there were some where they just absolutely fell flat on their face.
0: It was a pretty ugly game. Russell did put some pretty cool drives together, and made him look like an elite quarterback again, which was kind of confusing because now I don't, I really, I still don't know who to blame. Um, (laughs) We beat the Jaguars in London at least, and then we got to take the bye. Our first drive was terrible, and I thought it was the end of the game right then and there. Russell's first throw or first two throws, one of them was a pick, and I was like, oh, so we're screwed. And then uh, Trevor Lawrence threw a touchdown in the end zone. I forget to who.
2: It was Christian Kirk.
0: And I was like, oh, so that's how it is. Great, but then we surprisingly manifested it. It came back. Latavius Murray is the first running back in NFL history to score multiple touchdowns in multiple different weeks in London, which is pretty cool, I guess. <laughs>
2: hell yeah um yeah I this might be this might be a little bit of a hot topic here but I'm kind of liking the way Latavius Murray plays over Melvin Gordon and I know stat wise at the end of the game I think both Latavius and Melvin had a touchdown but I for some reason kind of like the way Latavius has been doing things so far I don't know if it's just I got like nom flashbacks from Melvin Gordon's fumble issues but like I don't know something Melvin Gordon's been kind of he's he said a couple things a couple weeks ago that kind of irked me and like he's kind of made it clear that he's not entirely happy with what's going on like where he is with the team so I'm not the biggest fan of when players kind of air out their grievances and stuff I guess he's not in the wrong for doing that but I'm personally just not the biggest fan of that. So, I I would assume this is probably Melvin Gordon's last year in Denver. I don't know what his snap counts going to look like for the rest of the season considering Broncos got Chase Edmonds in the Bradley Chubb trade. So, it'll be interesting to see what our running back room is going to look like. Uh, going forward I still think it's going to be a running back by committee approach but it'll be interesting to see how how exactly they handle that
0: yeah the Chase Edmonds edition was kind of like a wild card I didn't I didn't I didn't see that one coming but I was like I'm not bad I honestly think that both Latavius Murray... I'd rather have both Latavius Murray and Chase Edmonds over Melvin Gordon right now because of how many problems Melvin Gordon caused at the beginning of the season. No hate to him as a person. It's just, oh wow, that costed us a lot of games.
2: Yes, I got those non-flashbacks from Fumbles, so who knows? We'll see what happens with the running backs. Yeah, surprisingly, the locker room is a lot more intact than I thought it would be. I certainly thought that four straight losses would just absolutely tear this locker room apart. And I know I kind of touched on this a couple weeks ago when comparing Josh McDaniels and Nathaniel Hackett. Yes, they both are coaching teams right now that do not look good, but if you had me pick between McDaniels or Hackett in terms of keeping a locker room together, I'd probably say give me Hackett. He really does seem to connect with his players and one thing it just seems like all hell is breaking loose right now with the Raiders and just absolutely nothing is going right for them which you kind of love to see because we literally called this we literally knew Josh McDaniels would be like this he doesn't he doesn't have that ability to like keep a locker room together because he basically almost destroyed our franchise if we if we would have kept him here a couple more years yes he would have torn apart our franchise through a roundabout way McDaniels is responsible for us getting paid Peyton Manning, yada yada yada, whatever. Not directly, but through a roundabout way, through trades and bad season records and stuff. But yeah, just give me a Hack it when it comes to keeping the locker room together because. You know, I saw, I saw like all these locker room videos. The guys are still, they're still in it. Yeah, they get frustrated, but they are still, they're still really trying their best. And it seems like in Vegas right now, they are just absolutely torn asunder. They are just, it's a dumpster fire.
0: Yeah, I really don't know what's going on with the Raiders. I haven't really been paying attention. I preached to everybody that this would happen. Nobody believed me. (laughs) Uh, They're all wrong now. Josh McDaniels is the worst of the worst.
2: Mm Mm-hmm we've been saying we've been saying
0: those I love those those TikTok videos of I I saw one it was my favorite thing of all time I said Josh McDaniels without having the greatest quarterback of all time for like two decades and it was him wrapping a McDonald's sandwich and that's so (laughs) true where would he be without the greatest quarterback of all time I can't answer that question but I just don't like Josh McDaniels
2: ironically though if you want to work in retail you gotta have some people skills and I can't imagine I would rather chew glass than have a sit down conversation with Josh McDaniels he just does not seem personable to me I've seen him smile maybe twice in his life I don't know he just something about him rubs me the wrong way
0: he's a snake you remember what he did to the Colts he
2: is a snake
0: speaking of the Colts did you see that they fired Frank right
2: I did and I it's an interesting situation there I
0: that made made me feel worse about our loss to the Colts.
2: <laughs> the thing is yeah it makes me feel bad but holy cow it's it's it makes me feel bad but it's frustrating because we've been in every single game this season we've been in it
0: that's been that's been the thing though for like the last three years that's been the trend for like the last three years we can't finish these games or like something happens and we do something stupid like throwing a stupid interception or fumbling twice at the goal line and the opening opening week or whatever it, it crazy stuff
2: yeah just a, But we've been, like, within scoring position in each game this season. And that's what's probably the most frustrating for fans right now, but especially me. But yeah, the whole situation is really weird. (laughs) This is not a knock against Jeff Saturday, but I think I'm just as baffled as basically everyone else is. For those who aren't aware... The Colts hired someone out of house for their interim coach position after they fired Frank Reich. Usually when you fire a coach mid-season, the interim coach is in-house and it's like, you know, one of the defensive coordinators, the offensive coordinator, someone. They decided to go out of house and hire Jeff Saturday, the former center for the Colts, a uh, multiple-time pro bowler, probably will end up in the Hall of Fame at one point. He might already be, I'm not entirely sure. He has absolutely no coaching experience on the NFL or collegiate level the only coaching experience he has was in high school and I think I saw somewhere on Twitter that he had a losing record in high school and he ended up getting fired so I am not entirely sure what the hell Jim Ursay is doing but it was incredibly cringeworthy to see his press conference yesterday trying to say why he believes in Jeff Saturday and why this was the best decision and mind you There's tons of people on staff for the Colts who probably would have been the better choice. Broncos fans are probably familiar, but John Fox, the former head coach of the Broncos, is on staff with the Colts right now. I had no idea, but he is. The next opponent that the Colts are facing is the Raiders. And honestly, despite me not liking this hire, I think it would be hilarious if they beat the Raiders.
0: I think Jim Mercy's going out in a ball of flames. I think he's going to have fun with this.
2: This is his entire career career though. Jim Ursay is just uh... I don't know,
0: I don't even know if he'll be around after this.
2: Well thing is he's the owner, so it's like He's the, the owner?
0: I thought he was just the general manager.
2: Yeah, no, Jim Ursay owns that thing, and I think he's... Oh there. my god. Ursay's trying to cling on to past success that is just long gone, and I know there's a little bit of delusion going around that once the season ends, people are confident that Peyton Manning is going to be their head coach, and I'm like, there is... What? Li- yeah, there is literally no way, because one, Peyton has said he's not ready to do the coaching thing yet. Two, Two, he's having way more fun doing television stuff right now. And three, I think there's still a sour relationship between him and the Colts. Yes, he's forever he's forever associated with them, but Ursay really soured that relationship. And there's like a, he
0: feels betrayed. Yeah, like he feels betrayed by how they let him go.
2: Yeah, there's a reason why Peyton kind of associates himself more with the Broncos. And he does social media videos with the Broncos. He did our schedule announcement. He's always at
0: Nugget's. Games too.
2: Yeah, Peyton's always in Nuggets games. His family still lives here. He, despite him having a bunch of TV gigs, he still lives here with his family. There's a reason why he associates more with us and i think it's because jim say really soured their relationship so colts fans if you're listening which you're probably not don't keep your hopes up for peyton manning being your head coach if anything down the line maybe 10 years from now i could see him maybe doing a gm gig but he's he's having too much fun on tv right now so
0: i don't think he should do a gm gig yeah he advocated for adam GaSe too much and look what happened to that man adam GaSe was a whole i don't think he's human but that's that's for a different story
2: no peyton manning made adam gase don't you don't you question peyton manning yeah, is in charge
0: he and- got he gave him so many jobs are we sure <laughs> adam gase is the right like how did how did adam gase learn nothing from him <laughs> right that's for another story i wanted to point something out i'll bring it up first because you have it in here and i've also noticed this why has there been so much russell wilson slander even after the win there was still russell oh, wilson slander
2: It's ridiculous, and like, he's just under some insane scrutiny. Yeah, some of it is warranted, especially regarding how he's been playing as of late, but a lot of it is just, it just just seems like it's the trendy thing to do, to pick on Russell Wilson, and it's starting to get really annoying. Yeah, he can be kind of corny at times, but like, holy cow, the joke is getting really old really fast. I mean, he was in Cabo during the bye week, and fans still picked him apart on Twitter for stupid stuff, like this man can literally not catch a break
0: it's it's not just like twitter have you noticed that it's a lot of old seahawks players which worries me it's all the old seahawks defensive players all of them are like hating on him like richard sherman has called him out earl thomas may have said something anyways the old like legion of boom has come out and have been like he's not that great guys come on or maybe i'm crazy but I, i don't really know what it is i thought the legion of boom would have appreciated some of the things that russell did i know he threw the interception on the one yard line but he still got there
2: yeah I don't I don't know what the deal is yeah it's a little bit concerning but we will find out in due time what the deal is with Russell Wilson
0: to add on to that even another former player of ours decided to chime in about a current player did you see that this week Miss Rachel oh Paul Miller was talking about Patrick Sertain saying if not already by the end of this year he is the best corner in the game oh because I think the Jaguars game submitted him at the top because nobody wants to throw to him, so he decided to come up and make so many tackles on the running backs and save so many big gains, and I love a corner that does that. I love a corner that will play Island and also come down and hit somebody.
2: True. I am a big Pat Tan fan. I will probably get his jersey in due time, so uh, yeah, I am a big fan of what he does, and he honestly could be the face of the franchise going forward which I, it's pres- I agree. That'll be pretty cool to see having a cornerback be a face of the franchise because for years it was Vaughn Miller, but now it's going Champ gonna, Bailey. Yeah, Champ Bailey, but now it's it's going to be the youngin, and that's great to see.
0: He reminds me of Champ Bailey. Don't let me say that because I don't want to jinx his career, but <laughs> dude just doesn't get thrown to.
2: You love to see it.
0: I dude. do love to see it. The What's... wasp just landed on my computer. Ew it's still on my computer
2: well get it off get the wasp off no, no,
0: i'm afraid of it wasps usually don't bu- bug you unless you bug them
2: are you inside somewhere
0: yeah yeah what? i'm inside the study room anyways he peaced out uh,
2: just a random wasp Whatever. yeah
0: anyways let's go i'm ready <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay now on to the Ban questions. So if you want a chance at having your questions answered, make sure you follow Daily Denver Broncos on Instagram or Dalton and I on Twitter. With our Twitter handles will be revealed at the end of the podcast. Make sure you just send it in to us if you have any questions that you'd like to see on the podcast. And hopefully it'll get selected. Usually we get a decent amount every week. And you guys have been super involved in the podcast, and it's been super great to see. And we love getting these questions and suggestions. And yeah. Kevin J. Potter asks should Peyton fire Hackett and replace him with Evero? I feel like this would have been something that needed to be taken care of had the Broncos lost against the Jaguars, but here we are with them just now winning against the Jaguars. So, honestly, unless, you know, it's hard to fire a coach in his first season when he's kind of got some wins under his belt, and Peyton has expressed his confidence in Hackett, so... Based on He's that- He's had some
0: pretty good wins in his belt, too.
2: Yeah, based on what Peyton has said and how close the Broncos have been in these games, I doubt he will be fired during this season. We don't know what will happen in the offseason, but I really think Peyton is going to stick to his guns because he was responsible for hiring him. Because if Hackett gets fired, that's an immediate stain on Peyton's record or as a GM. So,
1: play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
2: i i don't see that happening to be honest
0: not yet it's probably still a possibility because i think anything's a possibility but not yet. Um, you don't really see many head coaches get fired season one. People were ready to put the new Philly head coach on a head on a spike, yet they trusted the process. And oh my God, look at Philly. To be fair, Philly might be a fraud. Oh, might yeah. be the Steelers from a couple years ago. I've not realized that till just now.
2: 100%. That is one of my hot topics or my hot opinions that I am. I say this a lot that I'm going to die on certain hills with for different opinions, but I think the Eagles are broads. Yes, they will get into the playoffs, but they are not going to go very far because they have played absolutely nobody. The only team that they have played that resembles somewhat of a, I think it's the only team that has like a winning record. I might be wrong there, but the other teams they've played are just not good. I think the only team, yeah, the only team they've played that is good is the Vikings. And I think that was week two that they played them. So yeah, the Eagles got an absolute cupcake schedule and it kind of drives me nuts because as I just searched up the Eagles schedule I saw an article that said can the Eagles go 17-0 and and that just makes my blood boil because yeah week one they had the Lions then they had the Vikings then they had the Commanders the Jaguars the Cardinals the Cowboys which are kind of eh, they're they up and down then the Steelers Texans Commanders Colts Packers Titans Giants Bears, Cowboys, Saints, Giants. Are you kidding me? That is unfair. I would give anything for that kind of schedule. That is not fair.
0: Do you really want to face Justin Fields while he's turning it up right now? Did you not see the way that man's been playing the last few weeks? Justin Fields has turned a table.
2: But what's the Bears' current record right now?
0: It doesn't matter dude. They almost just beat the Dolphins. The Bears are no joke. Bears will be good in a couple of years. And the Jets are good. I would like to point that out. They beat the Packers and the Bills and we almost beat them. They're pretty good this year. No way they take down Buffalo like that in Buffalo.
2: (sighs) Yeah, we will see. It's so weird. We're like more than halfway through the season and I personally had the Bills winning the Super Bowl, but I don't know. I still seen the Bills winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, they probably will. We'll see. Gazmeister asks, with a first-round pick in the 2023 draft, what's the best position we should be looking at? What do you think, Dalton? I think it's pretty
0: obvious: offensive tackle, quarterback, oh. or. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god! Were you serious? No. Uh. Okay, cool, 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 cool. But yeah, no, I think we should draft an offensive tackle or just an offensive lineman multiple of them
2: just every pick a
0: a lineman maybe not every pick uh yeah at least one in the first and maybe another in the third i don't know what the second should be do we have a second round pick this year no oh
2: we lost it all when we gave it to seattle anyways
0: hey we got back our first round picks we're gonna have a first round pick again next year
2: uh i don't think so i thought it was only this year
0: no because we traded our two first round picks last year one, we traded the one last year and then the one this year. We only traded two away, I think.
2: Yeah, I, but we only got one of them back in the Dolphins trade.
0: Well, like, I mean, like next year we have another first round pick.
2: Do we though? I think we do. I don't think we do. Who,
0: who, who would have it?
2: Not us.
0: What year is that? 2024?
2: Yes, we really don't.
0: You're so lying We
2: literally gave up the first and second round draft picks for this year and next year for Wilson, and we got one back in return with the Chubb to Miami trade. That's why people are so furious with how Wilson has been playing, because we're kind of screwed for the next two years.
0: Hold on. I'm not done arguing with this yet, (laughs) because I refuse to believe. (laughs) I refuse to believe. Are you serious? Oh...
2: Yes, I told you. Anyways, so yes, the Broncos only have one first round pick in the next two years. Anyways, so we're good on wide receiver, yada yada. So it, it'll be interesting to see where we are because we are dependent on what happens with the 49ers. Um, because the 49ers sent a first round pick to Miami for, I don't know who it was or, but Miami, yeah, Miami had San Francisco's first round pick and then they gave it to us. So it is dependent on how the 49ers do. Despite how many Broncos connections there are on the 49ers right now, we have to kind of root for them to suck because the more they suck, the higher our draft pick is. The better they do, the lower our draft pick is. And by lower, I mean, 15 up 15 and above
0: this is this is a this is a hot take please don't yell at me i'm not even mad that we had to get rid of bradley chuck because of it
2: Yeah, we might as well skip to this question and come back to these others, but nobody really asked this in the submitted questions area about the reaction to Chubb, and you say you're not mad about it, and I guess I would have preferred him to stay on the team for the remainder of the season. However, it makes it a little bit better, the type of haul that Peyton was able to acquire to get Chubb shipped out of here. Like, to get a first for Chubb, who's kind of been up and down injury prone yada yada
0: they, that was pretty good i didn't expect that
2: yeah it's
0: because we you said we're thin earlier at pass rush i would also like to disagree with that statement we are some though. of them are hurt i know some of them are hurt right now but like when they're all healthy it's not bad we can always draft more um draymond jones is about to get paid i know he's not an edge rusher but he's a d lineman uh dj jones is phenomenal uh randy gregory will come back and we miami paid bradley chubb more money than we paid randy gregory which is nice because i don't think bradley the Trump should have gotten that much money, but good for him. I'd love to be a millionaire myself. <laughs> Baron Browning is up and coming. We're ready to full launch him into his career, I think. Um, Jonathan Cooper is still on the team. One more.
2: Christopher Allen.
0: And then the Jets guy. Yeah. Is that the is that Christopher Allen? No,
2: Christopher Allen is the one that we kind of redshirted this year, honestly. Oh, yes. Yeah. He was out of Alabama, got injured in his last year, and I think that might be part of the reason why Peyton shipped him out because he was an undrafted free agent and we picked him up and we kept him and redshirted him. So Peyton and the drafting and the scouting people must have seen something where they're like, that is a gem right there that that we're going to keep and hold on to. So I keep an eye on him. He is yet to have his debut, hence being redshirted because of an injury, so I keep an eye on him. He had a pretty solid career at Alabama. Going off of what you're saying, we have the players, yes, but as with Stans right now, we are thin due to injuries so it's it's a matter of injuries and yes at the beginning of the year when we're all perfectly healthy yes we look pretty good as as our pass rushing unit looks pretty good but other than that like where we're standing right now we're like 75% of the team is hurt we are pretty thin so I would have preferred to keep him on the team but you know we were not gonna pay that amount to keep him in Denver and surprisingly a lot of the people who analyze trades and stuff are saying that we kind of won that trade and the chub thing might not end up working out in Miami's favor so we will see down the line Run Joe Run 21 asks, are you feeling optimistic about the Broncos going on a win streak post-bye? <laughs> maybe
0: like a three-win game. Maybe like a th- three-win streak. Who do we, <sighs> it's 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 not that hard before it like gets really hard.
2: I just don't want people to hate me. Like I'm thinking realistically here and I, I mean- i mean
0: and I think I disagree with you. Let me, I'm looking up the schedule. I know it's Titans, Panthers, and then somebody.
2: Maybe, maybe, knock on wood, we could win the next too maybe so we will see i we play las vegas
0: again oh come on yeah that's it that could be a w i mean i know we lost to them last time but are we at vegas no they're coming here amazing
2: i can't wait to hear the boos that are gonna rain down on mcdaniels but anyways
0: no i'm gonna interrupt you on this one knock on wood there's two maybe somewhat easy games in december that might be trap games arizona and the rams don't look good either
2: yeah um surprisingly, this might sound funny, but if the next game that the Broncos play, they go to Tennessee to face the Titans, it can it actually, like, odds-wise seriously determines the rest of their season and their playoff odds. Someone said online that if they win, if we beat the Titans our odds of making the playoffs slash getting into the wild card are at 20%. If we lose, it's less than 5%. So, this is actually a huge game for the Broncos, so hopefully we can pull out a win here. But regarding a win streak, I'm, I'm not entirely sure because this team hasn't really given us much to believe that they could go on a win streak or that they have suddenly turned it around. Mind you, we just got a, got a win against the Jaguars, which are literally the Jaguars. But you know, I, I kind of go into every game thinking we do have a chance. So we will see. Peyton G1006 asks, what is our biggest weakness right now?
0: The offensive line.
2: Yes. Honestly, if we weren't so decimated by injuries, I think we'd look a lot better as a team but our offensive line is True, I don't think there
0: needs to be the drafting like I am going to bring this up it's way too early to talk about this right now but I'm gonna just go really fast at it the draft class that I imagine is mainly just going to consist of like two offensive linemen dbs and some edge rushers and d linemen that's it I think we're pr- maybe some wide receivers we're pretty good at wide receiver Tim Patrick will come back Jerry Judy's still on the team KJ Hamler's still on the team Cortland Sutton's still on the team uh, Montreal
2: Washington team? Montre, yeah we're fine.
0: Yeah, we're fine. It's unfortunate that Tim Patrick did tear his ACL. I think that actually had inhibited a lot because I think Tim Patrick was about to blow up this Mm -hmm. season.
2: Yeah. now He's
0: unfortunately facing the Cortland effect and Cortland got hidden and taken away from spotlight because of his injuries.
2: Yeah, I think the Tim Patrick injury did a lot more than we think it did. Definitely the offensive line has just had an astronomical regression. Mind you, it has never really been that good. I can't remember the last time it was good. I mean, the last time it was actually solid was when we had Peyton Manning, and I think that's because they pounded it into the offensive lineman's head. Like, hey, this quarterback is like 85 in quarterback years. We need to keep him upright. (laughs) He's also like the GOAT, so please keep him upright. I would definitely say our biggest weakness is the offensive line, and the, the offense will only go as, far as the offensive line will let them because they are such a huge part of the offense because they are part of the running and the passing and it just seems like Russell Wilson constantly has pressure in his face and a lot of it yeah he doesn't make some good throws here and there but sometimes he just has no chance at making a throw and can't really blame him I just I don't know what to do because we keep shuffling our offensive line week after week whatever. So now we are going to dive into the last part of our podcast where we talk about our predictions slash players to watch and a preview of the upcoming game. Uh, we mentioned earlier that the Broncos are heading into Tennessee to face the Titans. The Titans are fresh off a bye as well. They are currently five and two and first in the garbage pail that is the AFC South. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill has kind of been nursing an injury so Malik Willis has been throwing the rock in his place and Malik. Link Willis kind of looks like trash. So we are not sure who the Broncos will be facing this week, whether it be Willis or Tannehill, but that is probably not the biggest issue. The biggest issue is Derrick Henry and stopping the freight train that he is. The Broncos, I kind of didn't mention this earlier, had a horrible defensive showing in terms of stopping the run last game and they let Travis Etienne just run absolutely all over them and that is just like the worst. I think he neared or eclipsed 150 yards on us and that's just not acceptable and I'm surprised that they didn't get the win, honestly, with almost two
0: hundred <laughs> rushing yards. Must say this and disagree with you completely. Okay. No, because we always have the Titans numbers because you can put so much effort into taking away Derrick Henry that Ryan Tannehill can do nothing. At least with Trevor Lawrence, you have maybe the potential that he can throw a few good passes and get a touchdown drive going. He's still developing. Um I think Ryan Tannehill fleeced the Titans so hard because we made that Marcus Mariota look that bad. And then they And then we know the whole process of how Ryan Tannehill had that magical comeback season. They didn't pay Derrick Henry, they paid Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I really think we're going to beat the Titans. I think the Titans are frauds.
2: Yeah, looking at who they've played so far this season, they've played the Giants. They got whooped on by the Bills. They lost to the Giants week one. They beat the Raiders week three. They faced the Colts, and then the Commanders, and then the Colts again, and then the Texans. Again, the AFC South is just an absolute garbage pay. So they... Yeah, I could see definitely the fraud thing, but I'm not going to go as far as guaranteeing a win because, again, any given Sunday, I don't know. We really need to find a way to stop Derrick Henry, and that'll really take away a huge part of the offense. I think another minor weakness of ours is our run stopping game because sometimes sometimes it looks good and sometimes it's just abysmal, like what it looked like last week against the Jaguars. I really miss Shelby Harris because he's doing great things up in Seattle, and I wish he wasn't a part of the trade package. But I think that's going to be a huge thing. So I'm not entirely sure how the outcome will go. I think it'll be a interesting game to watch. And I kind of hope that the Broncos face Malik Willis because he has not looked good. He's made some serious rookie mistakes. And I feel like our secondary can really make him pay. So regarding players to watch, I keep going with this every week, but like our our secondary really needs to hold up their end of the bargain here and so far they have all season they've been arguably one of the best performing units for the Broncos and they've kept us in games so if the front defensive line can't keep Derrick Henry in check the next man up is the secondary and hopefully it doesn't come to that as often because usually if it does come to that that means that Derrick Henry has broken off a large run so hopefully that will not happen but I'd say yeah keep an eye on a secondary in terms have players to watch. What about you, Dalton?
0: I have an idea of where I want to buy a shirt of Patrick Sertain's locked up list of people he's locked down and have (laughs) their yards, and so I'm going to keep saying Patrick. I'm going to say Patrick Sertain this week because I can't really think of anyone else. I don't know who's going to play at quarterback, either Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, you know that he can win. Malik Willis will make rookie mistakes. He's very raw still, so I kind of hope it's Malik Willis because I feel like, like you said, our secondary could abuse him, but... I really think that we can shut down Derrick Henry. I think if we just make Josie Jewell, uh, Jonas Griffith, and Alex Singleton all just stack the box and stop Derrick, focus on stopping Derrick Henry, I think there's a pretty good chance we can win. I don't think Malik Willis or Ryan Tannehill can throw on our defense to win.
2: I know in the offseason, they traded away A.J. Brown and they drafted a rookie wide receiver out of Arkansas to replace him and he hasn't really done much. So the, the wide receiver core for the Titans isn't that scary. In fact, I think they're one of the like lowest performing in the league in terms of how many yards they've actually accumulated. So I think we'll do a decent job keeping the pass game in check.
0: Uh, I'm going to add an offensive piece too to my, one of my or one of my players to watch. I always regret talking about these players because Denver doesn't have a good track record with rookie tight ends. They always end up dying. Not literally, but like <laughs> they always just end up like extremely hurt and it's so unfortunate. But Greg Dulcich looks really good.
2: I love Greg Dulcich. I'm a Dulcich stan.
0: I'm very excited to watch him grow.
2: Our offense has looked better when he has been in the game. Maybe Hackett is just like a tight end whisperer and he can, he just has found ways to scheme Dulcich Dulcich wide open and it's it's just great to see. I hope Greg Dulcich continues his success because I am a big fan of his. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Broncos Binge Podcast. The Broncos Binge Podcast will be released weekly, every Tuesday, and we hope you will tune in for future episodes as the season progresses. If you have any comments or suggestions, let us know. We want to make this podcast as fun and enjoyable as possible for our listeners. Once again, I am your host, Rachel Strand. And I am Dalton Coble. Thanks for listening, and go Broncos!
3: Thank you for listening to the Broncos Binge Podcast. A part of the Mile High Report Podcast network. Make sure to follow at Rachel NFL and NFL Dalton on Twitter for more Broncos news and content.